0: In case you missed it last week, this song, actually, we've we scheduled that in to be a little bit ironic, because this idea that we're made for Mondays. Last week we launched with this notion that God is actually for work. You could say God is pro work. Uh, Sundays matter. Sundays are important as followers of Jesus, as the church of Jesus. Sundays matter. Sundays matter because it's the only time that we can all come together, gather as God's church and worship together. And in that atmosphere, experience an intimacy that you can't get playing a CD, if you still play CDs, or rolling through a worship playlist on Spotify on your own. Those things are great. Those practices are important, but nothing replicates Sundays. Sundays matter. Sundays that we can uh, have the opportunity to take one of 168 hours of the week and invest into our Elevate Kids. Sundays matter. Sundays where we can use the gifts and the shape and the passions and the energy and the experiences that God's given us to actually serve him and serve his people and create an environment with which in life change and transformation happens. Sundays matter. Fridays, we we replicate what we do uh, with our older people, that's you and me, on a Sunday, we do that on a Friday night with high schoolers. We call it Friday Night Live. And Fridays matter. Ministering and investing into high schoolers matter. It matters so much, for example, and in, in the, in the ROI on that is that next Sunday, we're actually baptizing three of our Elevate kids. So here's the deal. So here's the deal. Fridays matter. Sundays matter. The ministry happens in those environments. It's unique. It matters. And... The NFL season has just launched. <laughs> Thank God, Neil. Mm, there is a God in heaven and He loves me because I love me some NFL. NFL season's just launched. Now, if you aren't familiar with, with uh, American football, let me just give you an idea. Before each play, before the, the launch of each play, and yes, it stops start game and uh, it's hard to believe why anyone finds it appealing to watch, but I do. <laughs> before each play, the quarterback, will gather around with his 10 teammates. This is called the huddle. And they'll discuss the next play. And here's the thing, at the end of that little few seconds where the quarterback's discussing, announcing the next play, they'll break the huddle and go and make the play. And that's very much what God calls us to do. Yes, the huddle matters, and that's what we do. We huddle up on a Sunday. The huddle matters, and at 11 o'clock, or 11.30, if you're a bit more sociable, 11.30, We break the huddle and we go and make the place. So much of what God wants us to do happens out there. A large percentage of the heroes in the Bible that we read about didn't work for the church. A lot of Jesus' miracles didn't take place in the temple, in the church building. They happened out there. Where Sundays matter and Mondays matter. You are made for Mondays. What I wanna do, I've called this morning's message, Miserable on Mondays, question mark? Just when you read that, know that you've got a question mark? Because I wanna speak to a specific group of people, and it's gonna be a subset of those of us here. Because some of us love our jobs. I love my job. Louisa, my wife, she loves her job. Some of you love your job. You know you're made for Mondays. You can't wait. You are a thank God it's Monday, not thank God it's Friday person. But actually, I wanna talk this morning to the thank God it's Friday people. To the people who your job's not fun anymore to the people who wish you could just sleepwalk nine to five and wake up at five and get that party started because that, that's where some of you might find yourself. You might find yourself stuck in a job that, that, that you're struggling to find meaning in and that can happen. It's very real. It doesn't have to be a life sentence. You'll be happy to know. So I wanna start, if you've got our Elevate app, we've actually baked in a verse in the Bible section of our app that's more or less the theme verse for this series. We, I talked about it briefly last week. I, I said just like, m- m- take a, a screenshot, which if you use your phone screen to take a shot of the screen, it could have an incredibly meta experience just in that moment, just saying. Anyway. But we've now for those of you that struggle with uh, my father-in-law this the blood is for of business and I not understand. Anyway, that's my tell I like look all right so it, uh, look, I'll just, we'll just put it in our app. In the Bible section for this entire month of teaching on Made for Mondays, the verse that Paul wrote to the church in Rome is there. It's going to stay there. And you can just pop it open, read it, meditate on it. But here's what Paul wrote. He wrote, this is that Paul's a uh, kind of a spiritual leader, spiritual entrepreneur in the early church. He went around launching new churches in, in uh, port cities and major parts of the known world. And he wrote to the church in Rome a letter which he was in the habit of doing to various churches. And in this letter to the church in Rome, let me just drop a slice of that in front of you that very much is central to this idea that you and I are made for Mondays. I keep saying I, I actually work on Sundays. Anyway, uh, you are made for Mondays. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life. Now let me just push pause there. It should be kind of paradoxically refreshing that Paul acknowledges that you and I, some of the time, possibly even much of the time, live what we feel to be everyday ordinary lives, that that, that your life isn't Instagrammable every minute of every day, that you might not even have Instagrammable months. Some of you have been waiting for a grammable moment for a year now and it's still no reason to post it. There's something in the fact that we do have everyday ordinary lives. that Paul's saying, that's okay. Because God will help you If you do this, take your sleeping, your eating, your going to work and your walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. So Paul's putting out this idea that actually you and I have a choice. You and I, on a Monday, we actually stand at a fork in the road. Alarm goes off, Bangles song starts playing in the background, Are we gonna buy into that? Or are we gonna embrace something different? Because Paul says that when that alarm goes off on Monday, that God will help you if you choose to take your everyday ordinary life, you're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life and place it before God, embrace what God's doing for you. It's the best thing you can do for Him. Paul's saying we can do that on Monday or not, but if we do, it's a game changer. It goes beyond just accepting the season that we're in and actually drilling down and saying, God, I'm gonna embrace the season that I'm in, that I'm actually in this season, I'm in this circumstance, I'm in this position, work's not fun anymore, I wish Mondays were optional sometimes, but, but while I'm here, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna present that to you. I'm, I want you to help me. I want you to help me see opportunities. I want you, you to help me grow. I want, to, I want you to use this time. I don't wanna just accept it. I don't wanna just tolerate it. I, I wanna actually embrace it and see what God will do. Because here's the thing. When you start reading your Bible, you will see that God has a habit of doing significant things in insignificant places. And you might find yourself in a seemingly insignificant place. Don't crop yourself out of God doing something significant while you're in what seems to be an insignificant place. You know, God has a lot to say about work. I put this out there last week. Open the Bible and some of the most famous words ever written will appear before your eyes in the beginning. And then, this is what God did in the beginning. God created. God got busy. God didn't have a day off on Monday, He had a day off on Sunday. And the first thing He did was He created, He got busy. He, he, he got His for work and then, God actually said to Adam, God, Adam, I want you now to start working. After he created the heavens and the earth, he created the garden, he created Adam. He said, okay, Adam, I want you to go work. And, and, and putting Adam to work wasn't punishment. It wasn't slavery. It wasn't now, I'm gonna put you in the thinking garden and make you do some work here until you change your ways. It was actually a blessing. It was actually an opportunity. It was actually saying, we're created to be creative. You know, here, by the way, here's a little bit of it inside baseball. As a church, we don't use the expression creative ministries. You might go to some churches. I'm not saying we're, we're better than them. In fact, we've got a lot of uh, 99 problems, and, but this ain't one of them. And uh, we don't use the phrase creative ministries because here's the thing. I believe that God calls us all to be creative. If you're an accountant, be creative. Don't be Cook, the book's creative, (laughs) Breaking Bad style. But if you're an accountant, God God can use you to to come up with better ways and more effective ways to serve your, your boss, to serve your company, to serve your clients. If you're a teacher, you you can be a creative teacher. Oh, I don't teach arts, I I teach science, I'm not creative. No, 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 you can teach science in a way that's incredibly innovative and creative because God has created us to be creative. Work is a blessing, it's not punishment. God is for work. Thankfully though, (laughs) for those of you for whom your work isn't fun at the moment, God does actually have some things to say about that. One of them is written by Solomon. Now Solomon uh, was a wise dude. He was considered like the wisest person to ever live. He was the king, he was rich, a lot of things going for him. He wrote what's now called the book of Proverbs. If you wanna grow in wisdom, I'd encourage you to read through the book of Proverbs. 31 chapters, you could pick one a day in May and the other months that have 31 days and you'll get it through uh, by the end of the month. You'll, you'll read that, he's written another book called Ecclesiastes. Now here's the thing, if you start reading Ecclesiastes, one thing you need to know, Bible college in a minute, one thing you need to know is that there's a whole part of Ecclesiastes that, that Solomon was going through a very nihilistic phase of his life. He was a little depressed, he was a little angry, a little fatalistic, maybe even a little bit suicidal, we don't know. And he wrote such gripping Bible verses as meaningless, meaningless, all is meaningless. Now, see, when you read that, that's not meant to be instructive of how we should live. This isn't the verse I'm gonna use from Ecclesiastes about made for Mondays. Alarm goes off, meaningless, meaningless. All is meaningless. It's in the Bible, people. Yeah, yeah, it is. By a guy that was possibly about to top himself, okay? Just understand that. I don't know. In, in a nihilistic phase, all right? He wrote a uh, whole thing out of that. Mm. But then he kind of, things changed for him and he wrote stuff like this whatever turns up grab it and do it and heartily exclamation mark this is your last and only chance at it for there's neither work to do nor thoughts to think in the company of the dead still a little bit nihilistic where you're whoa, where you're most certainly headed okay meeting like meeting meeting we get one Shut our time on earth, but if we do it right, once should be enough. Not just to accept our seasons, but to embrace our seasons. Not just to do things that we like, but to do things that God's called us to, to understand that even in a situation or a circumstance or a job, that's not fun anymore. God can use that if we embrace what He wants to do through us. Now, just so you know, it's not an isolated thing. Paul wrote about this. Paul, Paul was a little less uh, dark, if you should say this way. This is what Paul wrote. Servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters. And don't just do the minimum that'll get you by, do your best. Work from the heart for your real master. For God, confident that you'll get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind, always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. The sullen servant who does shoddy work will be held responsible. Get it? Being a follower of Jesus doesn't cover up bad work. Well, in case you missed it, Paul's a straight shooter. (laughs) And you might read that and think, well, that's easy for Paul to write and it's easy for the people he wrote it to. I mean, come on, you know? I mean, Paul worked for himself, for goodness sake. It's easy for someone who works for themselves to tell other people how they should do things at their work. Well, no, get this. Paul was writing this slice of this letter to the church in Colossae. He was writing this slice of the letter. This word servants can also be replaced with the word slaves. Paul was writing this. So in the church, there was a breadth or a cross section of people in that church, some of whom were slaves. And he wrote specifically to them, slaves, Here's what I want you to do. Even though you have no options in terms of what's required of you day to day, you actually have options in terms of how you approach what's required of you every day. Even though at the end of your time working as a slave, you won't get the inheritance from the master that you're working for in that job. Understand you'll get an inheritance from the real master who's your real boss, who's always watching and always rewarding. Slaves, don't just look at your pay slip as the measure of what you've been given from what you've done on a Monday, but elevate your circumstance and understand that at all times you have a master who's who's watching you. And yeah, he says Mondays matter. He says quality matters. He says that being a follower of Jesus is no excuse for shoddy work. In fact, I think I'm gonna talk about this a little bit more. I think as followers of Jesus, we should stand out as being people who do exemplary work, even in jobs and situations and tasks that we don't necessarily find fun at all times. Slaves. (laughs) That's me. Yeah, all right, well. Don't just do the minimum that will get you by Do your best. This principle informs our code as Elevate Church. Our code as Elevate Church is we always bring our best. We don't ask for perfection from anybody. However, we beat this drum unapologetically. Are you bringing your best? Is that when you're serving God here as a team member of Elevate Church, are you bringing, is that your best? Is that, it's the only question we ask about contribution, is that your best? But here's the thing as Elevate Church, this needs to be our code, not just on a Friday with Elevate Youth. This needs to be our code, not just on a Sunday as an Elevate team member. This needs to be our code on Mondays as we leave here as Elevate Church made for Mondays, that when we step into the workplace, that our code is I will always bring my best for all the same reasons, because I'm serving the real master here and I'm serving the real master out there, all the same reasons. There's not this division between the sacred, that's what happens on Sundays, and the secular, that's what happens on Mondays. At all times, we're serving the real master and and he asks us, requires us, instructs us to always bring our best. You know, a dream I have is that your boss will call me regularly wanting to know if there's more people like you, cause they're hiring. They want to either clone you or see if there's any more queued up. I, that would be a dream. Man, this Elevate Church, people. Got any more? This one's awesome. Uh, yeah, sure, yeah, church full of them because our code is that we always bring our best and we understand that we're made for Mondays. Good, send them over. Don't just bring your best when it feels good. Don't just bring your best when you feel good. Don't just bring your best when your boss is watching. And don't just bring your best to the stuff you enjoy. If it's part of what's required of you in your workplace, always bring your best and watch what God does. Now, Here's some good news. If you're currently in a dead end job, you're currently in a job that's not fun anymore, your current job doesn't have to be a life sentence. God has the ability to create a pathway. If God can actually part out his man, that's another Bible story. God can create a pathway out. And here's some things He might use He might actually promote you particularly if you start living this code out on Mondays. I discovered the key to getting promoted many, many years ago, and I teach it just consistently. The key to getting promoted is this. Consistently check in with your boss to clarify what they expect of you and then over-deliver. That's it. That's it. Exceed their expectations. Maybe God will get you out of your current job by giving the opportunity to start a brand new job. I think of the Jared who somehow had some product placement in the lyrics of the song this morning. <laughs> Shameless, really. Jared's, Jared's onto his third job in three years. Now, doesn't, it's not because he's a flake and he can't hold down a job. He keeps getting headhunted. He keeps getting phone calls and job offers from people who he hasn't even applied for the job. And the reason that Jared, apart from featuring in a Bengals song, the reason that Jared gets, that's the end of the, the jokes. That's, the reason that Jared keeps getting headhunted is because Jared lives this code. I know that Jared lives this code on Mondays. He always brings his best. So God might use you living out our code to to allow you to start a new job. You know, some of you, God, God might actually call you to start your own business. And here's the thing, if you're in a job right now and you don't like your boss and you start your own business, then here's the thing, when you start your own business and you still don't like your boss, you can go to your boss, no appointment necessary, And you can complain directly to your boss about how much they suck. It's the beauty of starting a new business. It could be that you need to actually position yourself for a new job. It's commonly referred to as upskilling. And I talked about Louisa, my wife, I talked about her last week, that she was in a job that she embraced, but it wasn't her dream job. She was there for five years and she always brought her best to that job. But while she was working in that job full-time, she took on a course of part-time studies. And last Sunday, uh, she attended her graduation for her master's in education. Now, I learned this then, she now works in her dream job. She now works as a, a primary school, t- um, high school teacher that's so confusing. Uh, uh, she's head of year seven. She, does, she, just, she loves her job, but she got to that job by upskilling. And it took several years of hard work, long nights, long weekends, punching out assignments. Uh, so she got her master's in education last week. Fantastic. And, uh, and, then, I, and then I learned this that she's got some sort of judo maneuver that she can fill out some sort of paperwork and submit because of some previous credits at some previous university that she studied at. And, and they're gonna give her her, without extra study, give her her fourth degree. and I, like, I, don't under, I don't, yeah, Look, I don't understand how that works because I'm no longer the smartest person in our household. <laughs> Uh, Louise kind of leapfrogged me on that one but there's some judo, maybe she's gonna have her fourth degree and I said to her, sweetheart, I'm gonna have to start calling you Louisa Celsius because you've got so many degrees. (laughs) Man, I tell you what, when we start our second live experience, I will have the opportunity to preach messages twice and I just need to know, when you come to the first one, those sort of jokes will be road tested on you. And uh, if the crash test dummy doesn't make it, they're going to be deleted. (laughs) God can use you where you're at to get you where you need to be. Some of you, by virtue of the job you're in, are actually one step closer to your dream job because it's the process of elimination. (laughs) You actually can look at your current job and say, ah, that's not on the list. (laughs) You're one step closer. Some of you will be actually, don't realize it now, but you're actually in the, in the front row seat to starting a new job if you've got a low-capacity boss. Because for the time that you're working for a low-capacity boss, you've got a front row seat to how not to be a great boss. And you can be taking notes and making observations and saying to God, God, I'm gonna serve that boss. I'm gonna do what they want me to do. And when I have the opportunity to lead people I'm gonna do some things differently and hopefully better because I've learned some things about how not to do. Don't pass up those opportunities. You know, sometimes God will use the season you're in and the job you're in to actually develop character. Character is not really required in large supply when you're in your dream job. I mean, it still matters, don't get me wrong, but like, you know, you spring out of bed on a Monday, but when you're in a job that you don't currently love and the alarm goes off, it's character that causes you to spring out of bed. Man, I love, you know, I, have, I love and have the utmost respect for, for migrant people who take on jobs in their new country that are technically below where they perhaps were in their previous country. There's some uh, qualifications that don't transfer. You know, you might, you, might be, you might be in an Uber car, in an Uber with someone who's got a degree in chemical engineering, and they're taking you to meet your girlfriend for a coffee. And and I think, man, I'm so inspired by you. Uh, my uh, in-laws, uh, both uh, sides of family were born in Italy and they migrated uh, independently from one another and you know, I just hear their story and and <laughs> it's like one suitcase, no money, uh, uh, they thought they were going to Sydney. They got on the boat in Naples. They thought they were going to Sydney and the boat stopped first in Perth before it then went on to Sydney and they didn't realise how big Australia was and they got off the boat in Fremantle and they thought they'd just walk across to Sydney from there <laughs> and then the boat left and they're still here today. And, 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 and Louisa, her, uh, her grandfather on, on her mum's side, um, there was jobs being offered out in Kalgoorlie and uh, he didn't speak a word of English and there's a job and it says Kalgoorlie, he, couldn't, he wouldn't know that and, and know where Kalgoorlie was and so he got in this line for jobs and taken out to Kalgoorlie and that's where Louise's mum grew up while her dad worked on the railroads uh, based out of Kalgoorlie and again, just, you know, man, building railroads by hand in the 1950s in Flippin calcul. <laughs> but that's what they did you know and I gotta tell you sometimes some of us, us very very privileged people uh, who don't have that as their story the worst thing is we get to go to a job that actually pays us that that we speak the language that And yeah, it's not our dream job, but you know, in that, God can build character. He can build resilience. He can build integrity. And and don't miss that opportunity. Uh, If you're in a job that doesn't require much of you, it's like a bit of a brain dead job, then, then, then take the out of work opportunity that you have by not having to have invested much of yourself into that job. To invest into something else, so that even while you're in that job, and it maybe it's 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 cashier. I don't mean I'm denigrating any jobs, but there's certain we know there's certain jobs that don't require as much maybe brain power or physical effort or whatever it is. If you're in one of those type of jobs, uh, that's cool. Bring your best, embrace what God can do, and use the extracurricular hours for something. Significant. God's the great opportunist. Don't ever, ever crop yourself out of what God can and wants to do in you and through you, even if you're in a season where you don't necessarily love what you do. And I want to pray for you, for those of you in that season of life. And I'm not going to pray that God gets you out of there because maybe God doesn't want to get you out of there. He might, and you can pray for that yourself. but I'm just gonna let you know what specifically I'm gonna pray for, and that is that you'll have fresh eyes to see opportunities in your workplace, even if it's not currently your dream job, that you'll choose, as Paul gave us the option, to embrace what God wants to do in our ordinary, everyday lives. So if that's you right now, you're like, yep, yep, that's me. I think I'm made for Mondays, but I don't like it. Okay, that's cool. How about you just put your hand up and I wanna pray for you. That's your season right now. Good on you. Who else? Yeah, fantastic guys, well done. And it could even be in a course of study or school. School sucks. Yeah, yeah, but there's people that walk 10 miles a day each way just to get an education in some parts of the world. So embrace it, right? Some of you have uh, finished university, you've got a degree on the wall, but you're not sure if that's what God wants you to do and you're in a bit of limbo, and I know that (laughs) from some of you, that's your story. And again, I'm gonna pray for you just to have fresh eyes and be able to navigate this season well. God, I thank you that you are for work and that you are renewing or giving us that fresh perspective. God, that you are for work, that you are the creator that we're made in your image and your likeness and that we are called to be creative. We're called to be productive. That work's not a punishment, that work's a privilege, God. God, I, I'm, I thank you that we live in a country where we can even get a job. Those of us, God, who just put their hand up, that acknowledging that right now they, they know they're not necessarily in their sweet spot, not necessarily running in their favorite lane. God, I, I pray as I said I was going to that you would give them fresh perspective from this moment, that when that alarm goes off tomorrow, there would be a a, a fresh insight, there would be a, a renewed passion, there would be some new level of invigoration to wanna go into that setting and say, God, I'm gonna embrace what you wanna do in me and through me in that situation, in that setting, in that job, in that school, in that university. For the season that I'm there, God, use these people They'd put their hand up. Use them, God, for your glory. They are made for Mondays. They have a ministry on Mondays. They are missionaries in that setting. God, give opportunity. Give them favor. Give them energy. In Jesus' name, amen.